From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they've always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. Right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. everybody, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here today with author Dimitri Moraitis and he wrote a book called Heaven and Your Spiritual Evolution, A Mystic's Guide to the Afterlife and Reaching Your Highest Potential. And if you're a regular listener to our show, you know that we talk a lot about the afterlife. We talk about, you know, how to reach your potential and how to get to our ultimate destination. We know that this life is a journey and I'm so happy to have Dimitri here today. Now, if you guys want a copy of this book, it is available on Kindle. It is available on paperback. You can find it on Amazon and wherever books are sold. And I need to disclose to you that Dimitri has not paid anything to be on today's show today. We did a show in 2015 or 2016. It went really well. So I have him back and we're talking about his book. And I have to tell you, you guys check it out. The cover is really pretty. I see a lot of books in my business sent to me every Every week and this is a really pretty cover and I know that's such a prosaic way to start the show but it really is very it's very pretty and I love the colors great well maybe you can judge a book by its cover I don't know <laughs> sometimes I can I look at something and I go okay so yeah. let's talk about um let's start first with the afterlife you know there's lots of belief systems out there that talk about afterlife i personally had an nde when i had my first child Mm -hmm. and i have no doubt i was a believer when i went in to have my baby i came out 10 days later as a knower that this is not all there is and so i'm curious to 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 know from your point of view when did you become certain that this was not all there is well that's a great question well first of all again thanks for having me on and i also have to say the book was we co i co-wrote it with barbara martin sure. so a lot of these experiences that are in the book are her own direct experiences of being on the other side um but yes you're absolutely right we have to come to our own understanding of this but before i get into any of my experiences i want to kind of frame it a little bit because you know even if you talk to scientists that say oh that out-of-body experience is really just brain cells firing a certain way and it made it feel like you were somewhere but even though you were clinically dead your brain was doing something and you know there's all these rationales we come up with for unexplainable and i don't know what the last the latest statistic is but the last one i read was six million unreported out-of-body experiences, I think a year or something crazy like that. So this is not an unusual phenomenon to to feel like you're literally out of your body. You can see your body, but you're actually not in it. Uh, Sometimes you're just sort of in the room where wherever you were. Other times you're taken to other places. Sometimes these places are wonderful. Sometimes they're not so wonderful. And there's been some people that had some kind of scary experiences that was like a, a wake-up call to them. Uh, but the thing that is startling that you, you can't deny is these are life-changing experiences. You know, what you described, it changed your life. It wasn't, Absolutely. If it was hallucinatory, it, it wouldn't have been life-changing. You would have forgotten about it. Right. You would have gotten over it. It would have been something else you know right, like a dream or a nightmare that impacts us for a day but then exactly two weeks later we don't remember it and you know i just want to validate you here on this because my son is is 18 years old now so we're talking 18 years ago and every once in a while when i journal my thoughts i will write what i remember to that day and i can go back and look at my original entries i'm a big journaler from that time and I remember it as clear as it was yesterday. You know, this was yeah. not some dream. This was not some, you know, on drugs because of your having a baby thing. This is as real as any other experience I've had. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, the way to think of this, you know, it's funny. We use the word afterlife. We use the word hereafter, like 
this is the life and that is after the life, you know. But the way to think of it is it's 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 one great life. Right. And we are in a dimension of life in the physical world, but this is not the only dimension of life there is. Now that brings up an even bigger question, who are we? Mm -hmm. Am I my body, right? Because if you don't believe you're anything more than your body, well, when the body goes, how could you go out of your body? That's you. Right. There's nothing to go out of, you know. Um, but the idea is you are not your body. You inhabit your body. Right. Consciousness is not confined to the brain, is not confined to the physical form. This is a vehicle of expression. And what we're supposed to do without having these spontaneous experiences of like what you had is we're supposed to learn how to get in touch with that part of us in a more consistent manner so that we recognize the inner life, even though we're in the midst of all this physicalness around us. Now, my own awakening uh, happened, you know, well, first of all, I have to talk about Barbara because she's so miraculous and the book is so, so Barbara was basically born clairvoyant, all right? She was born knowing there were things. By three years old, she was seeing auras she was having out-of-body experiences, I uh, think four or five, and um, then she was starting to see celestial. So this was like her life. And in the beginning, she said, I thought everybody, you know, just like seeing the trees and the flower, I thought everybody had the same experiences that I was having. And it was a shock to realize they weren't. I learned I had to keep quiet about it. Um, when she was 11, she started to get some training from a woman who was clairvoyant as well. She was actually a hermetic scientist. And she started teaching little Barbara, because this is depression era. There were no yeah. books on this stuff, you know. Um, and she said, oh, my God, is that, you know, she saw a lot of auras and said, the woman said, you can see the aura. And she said, oh, is that what it's called? She didn't even have a name for it. Sure. Right? Yeah. And then they came out to Los Angeles, the family. This was during the golden age of Hollywood. She was trying to live a normal life. But these mystical things just kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Finally, she realized this is my path. I was, she thought it was going to be entertainment, but no, this is it. And then it really blossomed, and it blossomed in a way that she realized she was also meant to teach. Mm. So, um, and then she became this fabulous teacher in Los Angeles. Dimitri, I'm just going to stop here for a second because I really want to thank our sponsor. You know, as we talk today with Dimitri Moraitis and his book about spiritual evolution, I really want to thank our sponsor because our sponsor has this great game where you can evolve the characters. And they start out as these really cute little baby characters and you get to evolve them and grow them up. And right now I'm actually on the game and the game is called Best Fiends. And Best Fiends is a free to download mobile puzzle game with thousands of exciting levels for new adventures and challenges every time you play. Now, we are opening up a new season and there's this beautiful like rainbow turquoise purple kind of butterfly little girl that is entering me into season of the seas. And this is so much fun, you guys, because we get to play all these different themes and I have saved up 58, count them, 58 golden keys. I can't wait to turn all those keys in and I can get all sorts of great rewards. If you guys want to have some fun and if fun is always at the bottom of your list, this is the place to go. These games are so much fun and there are dozens of unique fiends to collect and you can customize your team of fiends to defeat these menacing slugs. And we don't need to put off fun for ourselves. And it can be right there in your pocket and with offline play you'll never be stranded without some fun even if you lose your internet connection and they're brand new events challenges pop up all year round so you've always got a chance to earn exclusive in-game items characters and rewards this is so much fun you guys it allows me to escape from my day for a little bit it allows me to kind of de-stress detox like just go into this little character world for a few minutes and have some fun Fun. And then I can go back to being a parent, a, an adult, a company owner, a radio host, all these things. I want you guys to know you've earned your fun time. Go to the App Store or Google Play to download Best Fiends for free. Plus, earn even more with $5 worth of in-game rewards when you reach level 5. Now, I'm at over level 375. I've been playing this game for a couple years now, even before they became sponsors on my show. That's how much fun it is. So I want you guys go to the App Store or Google Play, download Best Fiends, 
Friends for free. That's Friends Without the Art, Best Fiends. You'll be glad you did. Now we're talking today to Devin Durant. And Devin, when did you go to Los Angeles? Now, I originally went to Los Angeles for, it's, it's enough you know, entertainment as well. I was trained in movies and television and all that. And so I was going to be a director and a producer and all that kind of stuff. And then I was having, I was very artistic, obviously, but I was not spiritual at that point. I wasn't like atheist, but I was just agnostic, I guess. Um, but I was having all these kind of heightened, just changes of awareness. This was not like LSD trips or anything sure. like that. I've never taken LSD. You know, um, it was just a very heightened, clear moment. It came unexpected. It left unexpected. I just called it my inspiration moments. But it became so strong it led to a profound awakening. If, uh, again, like you're saying, this fundamental shift in the way you just see life. I still initially didn't have a name for it. And then when I realized it was metaphysics, I couldn't get enough of it. And then about a year later, I met Barbara at a party. And I did sort of pour my heart out, I guess, because uh, I had so much, so many questions. She says I, she, I interrogated her that night. <laughs> but I realized that night she was my teacher. And so we, she started to teach me event. immediately. I started to understand what these things that were happening really were. And, um, but we also started to write. Mm. And, but after a while, she had, didn't have any books at that time, not even training manuals or anything. And it was just this massive notes. And so, well, we got to organize all this. Right. And we started to organize it. We started to formally write that this book is one of five, you know, that, or one of, I'm sorry, it's the fifth one of seven that we're writing on the seven spiritual arts. And that eventually led to our nonprofit, Spiritual Arts Institute. Mm -hmm. Now, well, in all of these books, like I own Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, and I'm looking forward to getting a copy of, you know, your heaven book. But oh, we'll get these, you one. Yeah. yeah. And these books, you guys, I have to tell you, they are very easy to read. And I will just put a little disclaimer out here and, you know, no offense to the writers out there, but many books in the spiritual arts and the spiritual arena are incredibly difficult to read. There are these tomes of stream of consciousness. They're just brain dumps. They're not organized. You can't follow them. You can't read them. I have given Change Your Aura, Change Your Life. I've given at least 10 copies to friends over the years because it's such a easy book to read. It unpacks logically. You can actually take action with certain things and it's written very clearly and plainly, not to say it's boring or prosaic for any means, but it's a book you can read and you can digest and you can understand. And that's a real, um, that's a real credit to both of you because these topics are not really easy to understand. Right. So for you to write it in a way that I can digest it, you know, I read it in the bathtub. I remember when I got this book <laughs> and I read it in the bathtub and I stayed in there till I was freezing cold because oh I just kept eating up page after page. Cause I'm like, I get this because you know, 15 years ago when this first started with um, becoming self-published and getting these books out here, a lot of people just wrote books based on their experience. And I'm like, oh, well, that's great that this happened to you, but it's different than what it's happening to me. And I can't follow what you're talking about. These are books you can right. follow and you can understand. And that's why it's so important for people to recognize that, that these books have been around a while and they are also well-received. And they're also, you know, they're like two, 300 pages. Ages. These aren't those, you know, those booklets that people call as spiritual books. They're like 30 <laughs> pages and you pay 15 bucks and you get it. And you're like, wow, really? This is all it is. These are books that you should have in your spiritual library. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, they are, you know, a lifetime of work. The Change Your Aura was based on 40 years of clairvoyant work. Mm -hmm. It was not a, and it took two solid years. I thought that book was going to write itself in like three months and it still took two years to write. To do exactly what you're doing, you get what you're saying. You you gotta you gotta put it in a way that somebody that doesn't know anything about you right. can orient themselves and say, okay, I get this. And also, you know, every a lot of you gotta be clear what's the takeaway. And in that change your aura book, we ironically it, we realized the the real. Of course, it's about the aura, but it's really about meditation with the aura. Yes, 
It's about how do you change your aura through meditation. So it kind of tells the world what we do. Everything we do is through meditation. This latest one, I, I feel, is another kind of milestone that way because it tells the world who we are. We're a spiritual growth organization. Mm -hmm. What does it mean to actually grow spiritually? You know, we know what it means to grow from a child to an adult. Right. But what does it mean to evolve our soul? How do we define that? How do we measure that? And that's what the book really goes into with the hope that people, because I'm sure people listening to your broadcast have had their awakening or many have, make sure you're making it a high priority in your life. You know, right. life approach upon you and then, oh, I got this responsibility. I got this. I'll, I'll get to my spiritual growth when I retire. No, no. You, if you've got the awakening now. Right. There's a reason. Exactly. It's like yeah. meeting the love of your life. You don't say, hey, we'll get together later, right? We, you, you, have to, you have to engage now. And, you know, kind of like the Bible says, if you seek first the kingdom of heaven, if you make this first in your life, yep. everything else is, is, is blessed. And that's what life is really all about. You know, it's a Sri Aurobindo said, you know, really life is meaningless without the idea of evolution. I mean, well, why are we here? What is it all about? You know, so um, so the other side is key to that, because in the hereafter, uh, there are, the, the other side isn't one place, it's many places, and my father's house are many mansions. So the other side is sort of, I, I use this word a little bit, you know, uh, carefully tiered in the sense of there are actual places you can go to. But there are also levels of consciousness mm -hmm. in ascending order. So, for example, you and I right now, we're here in the physical world, right. but we're vibrating through our auric field to a certain spiritual vibration. And that corresponds to a level on the other side. It's not reward or punishment. Right. It's, it's not better or worse. Like, no. Because I no. think that's one of the misnomers that people uh, interpret the idea of higher consciousness. Oh, you think you're better than me. And it's not that oh, at God. all. It's yeah. just a different consciousness. But I will tell you, investing in your spiritual growth will bring you peace will bring you prosperity, confidence, all these wonderful things and approach more a heaven on earth kind of existence right? rather than being mired so much in these lower vibrations. And, you know, again, we use lower and higher vibrations and we use these terms. They don't necessarily, you know, equate to I'm better than you or you're better than me, but understanding where we are and when you have this awakening like i will tell you dimitri when it first happened to me i didn't know what happened and right. i was just starting in radio and i remember five or six years into radio i was talking to um pmh atwater who's one of the definitive mm -hmm. you know nde experts and we went to commercial break and i was suspiciously quiet and she says my dear she goes do you have any questions for me off the air? And I, they flew out of my mouth and she's like, well, you had an NDE. And she was so matter of fact about this. And she's like, you know, get my books, you know, a couple of the different books. And I ordered them online and I looked and I'm like, what I experienced was experienced by many people around the world. And all of a sudden I felt instead of being nervous, ashamed, afraid, it became part of me and I was able to talk about it at the air and that's what developed into obviously, you know, these radio shows and feeling very comfortable talking about it. But it's very normal at the point at which you switch or you call it awakening. Like I went, I went from one person to the other person and I incorporated all these things and I remember things that I no longer do, but that evolution allows you to find greater peace and happiness and to me that's everything if you are here on this planet and you are peaceful and you are happy and you are moving forward you'll know it because you feel different well you're you're bringing out in a sense like you're saying a different part of you you're unfold if you think of yourself a little bit like a budding flower 
And okay, the bud is like a little bit there, but it's sure nice when that bloom is fully open. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, that's kind of like what we are. We are, but the but the bloom is like eternally open. You know, the, right. it constantly blooming to more beautiful same. So it makes you more creative. You know, people think of heaven. Well, I'd be just sitting on clouds playing harps all day long, yeah. and you know, heaven is take your most creative day you've had on earth and multiply it by about a hundred. And that starts to give you an idea what heaven is really like. Mm -hmm. It's a much more expansive, creative, in, engaging place. You're engaged in extraordinary things there. Now, also the naturalness, you know, after, again, you look at these things later. I remember as a little kid, they were momentary, but, you know, I'd be sitting in my living room and kind of not really going to sleep, but closing my eyes and suddenly I was like, you know, five houses down. Right. And I was looking at a mom taking her little daughter back inside. And then I'd be back in my body and I'd come back up. I'd even call it out of body. I just, it was just, uh, okay, I was there, I was here. There was no judgment, you know, you're seven years old or whatever. Right, and no there. definition. It was just something that is. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but years later, and I have to say now, when you, you do study with a teacher like Barbara, because Yes, she's trained me to teach now, but in the beginning, I was very much her student. And when you're working with somebody with those many talents and that much, shall we say, spiritual power. Now, again, she's not better than others, but being more developed, that's the difference. You know, the bud of the yes. flower isn't worse than the fully bloomed flower, but the fully bloomed flower has fully opened its bloom. So if you're working with a spiritual teacher, it's kind of like you're working with a fully bloomed flower. Well, and, and it's no different bud. than learning to cook and cooking with your mother, you know? Yeah, yeah. or, you're, for... or you're, you go to school, you want to study with the best teachers, right? Exactly. You want to get the best education. It is funny, we think when it comes to spiritual matters, we have to do it all by ourselves, right? <laughs> well, you know, because I do think there's that element of, of fear and shame, you know, especially if you were, you know, for me, I was raised Catholic, I married a Jew, you know, they were, you know, thousands of years of you know, things, you can't possibly think something different. This has been right for thousands of years. But the funny thing I found, Dimitri, being, you know, well-versed in both, you know, major religions is all of these things are not a different animal, a different language. You know, no, I, yeah. I, I spent many years when I would learn something from the spiritual community, I'd go back and I'd look at the Torah, I'd look at the Bible, I'd look at the Kabbalah. Like, I would look at these things and go, oh, wow they're already here. Like they've been here for, you know, thousands of years right along with it. It's just almost a different languaging and a little, um, I think it's more available to every man. You know, when I look at some of the, the ancient teachings, they were only for the mystics. They were only for the prophets. They were only for the rebbies. You know, they were only for the select group of people. And I think what's different now is we are able to all read these things. We're able to all share these things. And just like there's many roads to the top of the mountain, there are many languages and there is a language to spirituality. There is, oh, absolutely. you know, when people were talking about oneness and an open heart for the longest time, I could not figure out what open heart meant, you know, like I think of my kid when I took him to church and he's like, mom, I don't want to ask Jesus into my heart. If it beats, it'll kill him. You know, it's very, <laughs> you know, very we get, literal. We get literal about it. <laughs> right. So the concept of an open heart for a literal person, the, you know, it was, it took me years to really master using the term oneness and open heart with a full understanding because there is a language barrier with some of this stuff. Well, yeah, and you know, it is a more recent thing, uh, comparative spiritual study. The, because sure. the world is becoming more a village, what used to be, like you said, you know, kind of isolated. I remember the, the Indian mystic uh, um, Paramananda, Swami, not Paramahansa, but Paramananda of the Vedanta. He first came to Boston at the beginning of the 20th century with all the great, you know, Vedantic wisdom. And at that point, Boston was supposed to be the cutting edge town of the United States. Mm -hmm. And he had to convince him he wasn't a barbarian. Right. Because they hadn't even seen an Indian person, let alone a mystic Indian person. Right? Right. So, you know, there were these barriers, like you say, but 
Well, Vasky said it right. Well, she quoted an Indian proverb, sort of, there's no religion higher than truth. Right. And that all the religions, all the spiritual, the genuine ones, and the spiritual studies are kind of like different facets to the same jewel. Yes. And some will emphasize more one part of that jewel, others will emphasize another part of that jewel. And you have to kind of, and anything, you have to, you know, no one can do the growing for you. Right. No church, no teacher. You have to do it yourself. Right, you got to do and, the work. And yeah, but you do need guidance. I, I could never be where I am today without the help I received from Barbara. I could oh. read every metaphysical book published in the world. And it, it, there's just something, you know, they used to call it the oral tradition. That teacher, student, chela, guru, whatever you want to call it. There, it wasn't just, when we say oral, they didn't mean just verbal transmission. There was energetic transmissions going on. Mm -hmm. And that was how, how people grew. That, that's how people sure. became enlightened. And it's, it's a tradition that goes back to the beginning of civilization. What's so fascinating today is it's making a global renaissance, whereas it yes. used to be more of a regional right. thing for certain societies. The world is, you know, People are going, awakening all over the world, and it's right. not one person or one country or one. It seems to be or so, one belief system, right? It seems to be happening everywhere. So it is part of an evolutionary change that's going on, uh, and it's a great time. That uh, the inspiration we've got from the higher is there's never been a better time to grow spiritually than today. So make sure you don't let your troubles or world troubles. You know, one of the things we get those gloom and doom. You know the. Yep. the the, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, you know, things are going to be, and we have to get out of that mindset. That's, that's really right. the projection of our own fears and worries and take opportunities of what's in front of us right now. And they are absolutely extraordinary. Mm -hmm. um, now, as far as the growth process itself, um, one of the things we strongly encourage is meditation. Mm -hmm. So we just talked a little about the aura book and all of that. Now, there are many different kinds of meditations that you can do. But meditation in its basic principle is your one-on-one -on -one time with God. Some people say, oh, I meditate when I walk on the beach. Right? Those are wonderful, reflective, contemplative times. But actual meditation, you should be physically still and uninterrupted by things going on in your mm -hmm. outer world. And this is your truly going inside time. You're kind of building up the power you're receiving from the divine and then that's helping to go out and apply in our in our meditative technique we bring in spiritual energy but then we have to apply it mm -hmm. if you're bringing in the energy of love you better go out and be loving if right. you're going out and still being cantankerous you might as well throw that energy away you know well, and i want to i want to just just um add in here a little bit because i am a walking meditator but I have to walk to get to my calm spot. I have a lot of energy. I've already been blessed with a lot of energy. You know, I pop out fresh as a daisy at 6 a.m. I'm going to 11 <laughs> o'clock at night and my mind is going 100 miles an hour. And what I find, uh, Dimitri, is I do walk on the beach. I do walk in the park to the point where I've exhausted that energy. And then I can sit down and meditate in peace but to me you know? it's the whole process because there's people and i've seen them they can sit down and pop right into that mode i have not been able to master just turning on meditation i have to go on my spin bike you know run at the gym you know walk in the park calm myself down and it's a process and it takes a good 10 15 minutes i can't oh, yeah. I can't yeah. just, but, and I know there are people that can just sit down and start, um, but there are some of us that have to disperse that human energy first mm -hmm. before we can calm down enough to get in that space. Because if I try to do it at the end of the day, I end up falling asleep and that's not, not helping. Right. No, no, you want to be alert, but we yeah. call that the relaxation time, like you're saying, because especially if you've had a really, uh, super fast you know a lot energy going like you say just close your eyes and get me no the the body's literally like this right, vibrating like yeah yeah so you have to yes that's that's the relaxation that's the downshifting time mm -hmm. you you walk some people may chant do a little yoga or stretching or something to get out of the other stuff you know i, I think of it like at the gym you know the first 20 minutes is just warming up the body right, right. it's not really the exercise time so um that's why you, you do need to do what you're saying very much 
so that when you're in the meditative state, you are alert, but you're also focused. Some people say, I got the monkey mind. I can't focus. Well, we got to think of the mind like a muscle. So if the muscle isn't strong, if you're not in full control of your thoughts, uh, then that's just something you got to work on. And you can do that with building up powers of concentration. Uh, There's the benefits of meditation are so staggering compared to what's really being asked of us. If people really recognize the value, they put a lot more emphasis on it because it is, and, and regular meditation. It can't be the big two hour chant every Sunday. You know, that's fine if you want to do that, but regular daily meditation uh, keeps the, the, the energy building and consistent. Again, it connects you with the inner worlds. It connects you with all the inner life that, that's unfolding in you. But then the other big piece of it, of course, is application. Are you living a spiritual life? There are people that are doing a better job of growing spiritually that don't even use the word spiritual than those that say, oh, no, I'm a very spiritual person, but the things they're doing are not so spiritual. So you you truly have to walk your talk. And that takes time, right? I can say right now, I need to be more patient. It didn't even take me a second to say that. I could spend the next 10 years becoming patient. Mm -hmm. And that's 10 years well spent. The soul learns through the experiences of life. So the mind is like the navigator. It'll steer the soul into certain experiences. But until the soul goes actually through those experiences, it's not learning and growing. It doesn't haven't hasn't yet earned wisdom. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have to be patient in our life. The ancient saying in patience, you possess your soul because it's until the soul goes through some of these experiences that it really starts to get it and say, oh, now I understand what life is like. And then, as you were saying earlier, that's where the satisfaction comes. Now, it doesn't necessarily make life easier. If we're saying, oh, I'm going to be having bonbons and peeled grapes, and this is what my spiritual life will be like. No, not necessarily. Earth is a, is a school. There's going to be lessons. Some are easy. Some are hard. But what the satisfaction comes is you know you're doing your part. You know, you're, you're, you know, we, we, we judge our life too much by what's often happening in our life. Well, that's it. That's what I'm going to say. Like, I just got to jump in here about, you know, when we talk about easier, you know, I've been through a, a difficult divorce. I've buried my mother after a long illness, caring for her. I've been a veteran caregiver for my dad for 11 years. I just spent two, two years, um, in cancer treatments for stage 3c cancer i mean you know and i've been a single mom for 17 years now so of two kids soul supporting so you know has my life been easy no it's been filled with lots of growth lots of challenges but navigating these things becomes easier you know and if i looked at you know prior to who i was before my kid was born and before you know i had my nde I would have pushed and struggled and whined and cried and I would have handled all of these life challenges that I've had in the past 10 years. There's a lot for this decade. But before that, I probably would have had a stroke, truly. (laughs) But now with being able to meditate, being able to understand the big picture, to look at a a very ugly, you know, five-year cantankerous divorce, and look at it and go, okay, all right, what are you teaching me? What am I supposed to get from this? What am I learning from this? What am I, how am I growing through this? And understanding forgiveness. You know, I had an ex-husband who was, you know, very, he didn't stop dating. I did when we got married. So therein lies the problem. So there was issues of forgiveness. There was issues of compassion, issues of patience, going through the Los Angeles court system, taking five years to divide assets, you know, things like this, you could look at these life school things and get really angry and upset about them. And there were times that I did, or you could look at the bigger picture going, okay, what is this for my soul growth? And when I look at my cancer treatments were also part of my, you know, body healing, but my soul growth, it becomes a different experience. And then it becomes easier because you're not fighting against things so much and when you meditate and you get these answers or you get these inspirations or you get these you know these whole radio shows that started out 16 years ago came from a meditation came from a prayer and journaling session 
I didn't wake up, you know, as a young girl, I had an MBA, I was working in real estate. Why would I become a spiritual podcaster? Like, you know, one (laughs) has nothing to do with the other, but it had everything to do with the other. And they will course correct you. Like when you look at yours was a very gentle awakening. Mine, I felt like I got hit by a two by four, but I was hard headed. I would call it gentle. I mean, I I call it my solemn the road to the map. It was dramatic. Let's put it that way. Okay. No, no, it was, it it had a a subtle beginning, but when it actually happened, um, no, I call it my solemn on the road. It was dramatic. And it was actually a little hard on all my loved ones around me because uh, they did not understand at all, you know, initially what was happening. So uh, sure. you know, initially they thought, oh, you've been in California too long. Time to come back to the Midwest, you know, where I was raised. Um, and that was hard because I really, you know, loved my friends, my family. And sure. and I, I was a little bit, maybe my one mistake was I was too open about everything. And, um, you know, sometimes you want, you figure everybody feels like you do. And right. And things like you everything, do. And- yeah. And I remember the beginning, Barbie used to say, Shh, just be quiet yeah. about it. You're talking too much. Um, and then I learned, you know, everybody's in their place. It doesn't mean I didn't make my awakening happen. It happened to me. Right. If I had met Barbara before my awakening, I would not recognize her as my teacher. Sure. It, it had to have happened afterwards. And then, then you have to be careful because, yes, if you start describing some of your other experiences, People can think you're literally crazy or um, uh, you just have to be careful, you know. Um, But one thing I've said, anything, any of the experiences I have had, knock on wood, at least up to this point, none of them have ever made me feel out there or disconnected or what they call woo-woo. So, you know, if you're having experiences that do make you feel disjointed, that's not the spiritual power coming in that's issues you're dealing with within yourself right your and you want to deal your... with that you know the spiritual experiences always are empowering without fail right. when i was in these kind of heightened states it was just such beautiful clarity and insight and understanding it just made you a better person it now did. even some of my you know like in the beginning now again when you start with barbara things start to happen you know i did have a, an experience of uh well, we could talk about this separately, but you know, sometimes we talk about out of experiences we may have, quote unquote, you know, spontaneously here. But when we sleep at night, mm-hmm. we all periodically go to the inner worlds for renewal and refreshment. The 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 inner we're closer to the inner worlds often during our sleep time. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, in our training, we do a lot of this work in a more systematic way, and there's even a chapter in the book about sleep in the world of spirit so when i first learned about this and were shown some techniques to help facilitate that you know one morning i, I came back and i had a an experience a beautiful experience of uh, and the, the the thing that was so interesting was it wasn't that the the setting was very pastoral with hills and buildings and it looked very idyllic you know I, it didn't look like pearly gates or things like that but what I, I even to this day, I, I, I never forget was the, the vibration. Mm-hmm. The God presence was everywhere and in everything. It was in the atmosphere. And you were not questioning. It wasn't even a question of God exists. God was all around you. Right. And, uh, you know, coming back then to the earthly vibration. First of all, I really never questioned the other side. But if you're asking that initial question, what made you really? Probably that was one of the first experiences of that where it was just undeniable that you know there are greater realms of life but it also was kind of an assignment for me is what i felt they were giving that they were saying look this is the vibration you're building up here's where you are now and kind of like you said you've got to bring that godly vibration into your life right here right now and build up that holy power here you know the the teacher yogananda would say the goal is to see God face to face while in a physical body. Now, he didn't mean a physical face, um, but he meant the God presence has to be experienced here. You know, we sometimes think, oh, I'm good. I'll go to heaven. I'll see the God. I'll see God then, you know. Well, there can be glorious experiences on the other side when we cross over. But we got to build that glory here. We got to build it now. And once you start to bring that, that godly, heavenly, whatever vibration you want to call it, 
into your auric energy, then you're making the real, real changes in your life. Mm -hmm. And you're in total control of that. Again, it's not based on situations. Mm -hmm. And yes, like you're saying, sometimes we go through difficult things. Uh, I'm reminded a little bit, you know, Max Heidel, the Rosicrucian mystic, uh, amazing man. Um, he wrote some of his best works coming out of serious illnesses, and he was still propped up in bed and, and writing, you know, so he didn't let any of those challenges impede what he needed to do. And maybe some in some crazy way, it spurred him to, to do more. The, the mystic Helena Blavatsky, she was literally at the door of death. Uh, as she was writing the secret doctrine, uh, the doctor said, um, oh, just let her rest. She won't make it till morning, you know, and the, her, her, you know, divine teachers came in and said, yeah, we can take you home tonight or you can stay and finish the secret doctrine. And she said, well, if even one person will be helped by that book, I'm going to finish it. So she shocked everybody. She walked down the stairs the next morning, went to the breakfast table and said, I'm hungry. Where's breakfast? <laughs> <laughs> and she finished. I think she lived about another two years you know, after that. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's the, you know, we're, we're constantly interacting and we have to do our part. And then we just leave the rest up to the divine. Right. Right. I, you know, it's, it's, it's funny how some of it is so simple. You know, we live in a world where, you know, we want to make a phone call. You got to have an iPhone or a smartphone, you know, you've got all these gadgets and, you know, to connect. And I think what struck me with a lot of this was how simple it was to connect now, not easy. You know, to still the mind sounds simple. It's not easy to sit still and connect. You know, to, if I tell you, you know, Dimitri, just just sit still, quiet your mind. Doesn't that sound so simple? <laughs> like it's simple, but it's not easy. And, um, you know, one of the things I did find is that when you when you've been wherever wherever is. I can close my eyes and I can put myself back in that same place and I can calm myself down. And when you calm down and you connect to this, you know, spirit, you know, soul, whatever we're connecting to energy, whatever, whatever word is most comfortable for people. It's amazing. I've actually watched it on my smartwatch. I've watched my blood, you know, my heart rate go from 92, 96, drop down to 70, like, just all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it, there are, they are recognizing physiological effects. I mean, I am glad that, the you know, I'm sure you probably know that the Dalai Lama, like 30, 40 years ago, asked the scientific community to study some of his monks. Mm -hmm. And they were what they call Olympic meditators. They had meditated like accumulation of 60,000 hours, right? These were wow. serious people in meditation. And one of the things he discovered is, and this is the way he described it, just imagine like you're biting into an apple mm -hmm. and it's that sensation you get and it's a it's a it's a pleasant one well these monks were in this perpetual state biologically and when they would go into meditation it would go off the charts yeah so they deduced that three months of sincere meditation now this has to be real meditation let's mm -hmm. say you know they contemplate for example on compassion or they meditate on something, right? If you do it a half hour a day, every day for three months, there's a discernible change in your brain. Mm -hmm. So it is spiritual, but it is also physiological. Absolutely. And, well, and for those of you guys that want to look it up, go ahead to and Google the remarkable brainwaves of high level meditators. I mean, there are articles out there, there's research being done. And honestly, try it yourself. Because I felt before I awakened, my brain functioned insanely. It was it was so scattered. And now I can calm it down. I can focus. Like it's helped in all aspects of my life. And what better um, endorsement can we give for a better life than to meditate? It doesn't cost right. anything, right? I mean, we're not asking you to buy anything. You're not asking you to subscribe. You don't need a digital service to do this. I mean, these books are really helpful, but it's something everyone can do. Right, right. No, it's a skill. It's a skill that you develop. And again, there are different kinds of meditation. So now with ours, there is a, we actually call them 
meditative prayers mm -hmm. because there's also a petitioning. So people say, well, I pray. Isn't that meditate? It's like my meditation. Well, prayer is actually the complement to meditation. Prayers are petitioning. It's a sending out. Meditating is a receiving. So for example, we may say, let's say, okay, we do want to still the mind. So we would say, okay, I ask to receive the deep purple ray of peace, which is the, the peace energy. And I ask you to downray it into my, my mental center, the part of my auric field that is dealing with my mind. <clears throat> and then you receive that energy. Hopefully you're tuning into it. And then afterwards, you've got to kind of hold it. You've got to, because let's say you come out of a meditation and you feel great. You are in the silence of peace. And then you go out and all this cantankerous noise is going on in life. Yeah. You can say, well, I, that's it. No more peace. You know, no, no. You've got to carry that peace to your job. You've got yeah. to carry that peace into your family life and you've got to maintain it. And we're not going to be perfect at it, which is why daily meditation helps. It brings us back to the well mm -hmm. every day to kind of refresh ourselves. But, but do notice, let's say you start, I, I do tend to meditate in the morning because it's a, I mean, we do a lot of classes, so I'm meditating in there too, but my personal meditation tends to be there. And then I will notice, you know, is there a time in the day where I feel like I, the connection is not as strong as it was before? And then sometimes I will reinforce it at that time because, you know, you can be going great, great, great. And then one thing that did irritate you, that did kind of get under your skin. And then that's a time to kind of just briefly regroup, get back to your divine center so that you're not reacting so much to life you're proactive you know proactive you're that's the you're, big one like yeah. it's the reacting you know as a single mom veteran caregiver company owner soul supporting there's a whole bucket of things to react to every single right. minute of right. every single day and that's the thing where we talk about like peace and life becomes easier because you become proactive and you become really way less reactive and it's that's a good thing yeah. Oh, it is very. Yeah. And and when, as you start to then see all these things in your life as part of your growth, not as like, well, I can't meditate because of this. I can't do my spiritual because of this. You right. Know, or look what this person did. Look what this person said to yeah, me or look yeah. what happened. Like that's yeah. that's all has gone away. Great, 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 yeah. great, great. So um, let me just promote your book here. Actually, your your series of books. Um, we've got actually. Tell me, you've got. I've already got a copy of Change. So Art, yeah. Change so we've got a, a. We've got. We have a series of books we're writing called on what we call the Seven Spiritual Arts. It's actually our foundational program over at the Institute. Um, of the seven arts, we have written five books. So there's the first one's the Change Your Aura, Change Your Life, which is about aura and meditation and spiritual energy. The second one is the healing power of your aura. It's kind of an extension of the change your aura. How do you apply all these principles in things like physical health and well-being and issues that are going on? Uh, then we wrote a book on karma and reincarnation, how we all come into this world with unfinished business. Yep. It's like, you know, the big book of life and we're on chapter 15. All mm -hmm. these chapters happen before us. We've got chapters happening after us. How do we negotiate this chapter that we're in right now? Um, what did uh, um, uh, Joel Rubin, uh, uh, yeah, uh, the, the great healer, he called this world a parentheses and eternity. You know, yep. how, do you, how do you get there? Then we wrote one called Communing with the Divine, which is the, um, the study of the angelic support. We are not walking through this life on our own. And this one, Heaven your spiritual evolution is about the many dimensions of life. We go into the astral worlds, mental, causal, etheric, heavenly realms. And how is that all connected to your evolution? You are growing through these dimensions of life right this minute, even though you are in physical life. And your goal, among other things that you're doing in your life, is to reach your potential. How, how far up, if, if the journey is a multiple lifetime journey, we say you grow to heaven, you don't go to heaven. In this life, how far up that journey am I supposed to go? Not, not you, not you, not you, not you, but, but me. That's my potential. And I've got to do everything in my power to reach that potential. I call it the triple blessing. Because when you reach your potential, it's a blessing in this life. It's a blessing when you cross over to the other side. And then it's a blessing for your next life because you're going to come in on that vibration. Yeah. So what are we waiting for? You know, right. 
we got to really grab the brass ring, as they say, grab the bull by the horns, whatever expression you want to use, and don't look back, you know, keep working on that, keep developing your, your soul's potential. You do your own growing for sure, but, but as you're inspired, get the help that you need. You know, there's an expression when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Even a great teacher, you know, can't do the growing for you. You have to do it yourself, but they can help to navigate and inspire you in certain ways. So uh, it's a marvelous, marvelous journey. And it is also, I have to say, well illustrated, the book. Um, we were so fortunate. It was one of the blessings. There's a gentleman here. We we're in Encinitas, uh, you know, Southern California. Um, we have a center here. Thank God we're going to open up again in June. Oh, I'm so happy to get back into this. But we do a lot of, we were doing video long before the, the Zoom era and the, the COVID thing. We've been doing it since 2006. Um, but uh, he, he spent his... A, artistic career working with another clairvoyant depicting scenes of the spirit life. Wow. So when he came with us and he's got a fine art talent, you know, we would give him kind of these descriptions of what we wanted and there are eight illustrations and each one is kind of like a, a journey, you know, a piece of the journey home, shall we say. And he really got into the spirit of it and they're beautifully done uh, to help you just understand people look at them and say gosh it's so specific yeah the other side is not mamby pamby <laughs> you know everything that's here is there i remember we were doing a, a lecture and a, a barbara's talking about her experience and she was sitting in a chair and there was this beautiful table and a lawyer in the front row jumped wait a minute are there tables and chairs on the other side <laughs> you know? yes there are, yes, there are. <laughs> it's not well, just imagined world <laughs> right it's not an imagined world all right you guys so i want you to check out heaven and your spiritual evolution a mystic's guide to the afterlife and reaching your highest potential dimitri thank you so much for your time today barbara thank you for your contribution to our show in spirit even though you're not here we thank you for putting this book together with dimitri we'll be back again next week with another great episode we're glad you joined us for powered up talk radio each week we share innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes find out who you are discover your purpose and challenge yourself to be all you can be see you next time on powered up talk radio